Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, and welcome to the Raw Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the other Daddy Boys of What Culture. Michael Hamblett and Mr. Sedgwick of War Culture <laughs> to review last night's episode of Monday Night Raw. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. Where we not only review Raw, but also SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2. But, oh, AW Dynamite, AW Collision, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week, complete with a quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Hamlet and Sidgwick to review Monday Night Raw. Should we address the Sedgwick comment now? No, I don't address it at all. <laughs> Can't be, I don't want it to be a thing. Okay. <laughs> uh, what did you make of last night's Raw, Hamlet? Right, I loved it. Um, I had a conversation with Murray this morning about WWE that echoed one I had with Sidge on a podcast very recently, or maybe even last week when we were reviewing last week's Raw. And Murray was just saying, like, I was recommending the, one of the matches from the show, but also, like, showing him a few images and stuff. And I was like, like, I know, I know you can never really feel as high for this show, but whatever. And he says, no, that's exactly what it is. The best WWE is still too polished or whatever, like, we kind of came to the realisation that if there was critical acclaim, like, dished out universally, it might still only hit a nine. Mm. My, like, my favourite wrestling is good WWE. Mm. That ceiling for me is a ten. And I can feel us heading into a period where I'm just going to be, like, substantially higher Mm. on Raw most weeks than Sitch. Because you've always said, like, no matter what, whatever this product could be, it's still WWE. And it's still got, like, a certain... Gloss in the way it's presented. Out of seven. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. It's always out of seven. It is always out of ten for me. And, like, this Raw was hitting eights, nines all over the shop. There's still garbage, and that's the thing with WWE. There is still absolute trash. There is always something to skip, always. So can a Raw be a ten? Probably not. But it always feels like at the moment, every week as I'm sitting down to tune in, that I'm like... And I don't, because it's the middle of the night, and I don't have three hours in me like I do two sometimes for a dynamite. So that's the credit I can pay AW. Hypothetically, I could sit in my chair and like bounce into it, <laughs> press the remote. It's more like raw time. <laughs> like there is only I'll this. I get that as long as I live. There is only this right now, and certain weeks of NXT that, like, when I wake up at daft o'clock in the morning to watch it, I get that excited over. It is something I know AW could be better because that's realistically the show that should do it every yeah. week. It's, it's raw right now. SmackDown, as soon as I didn't get a chance to talk about it yesterday, I thought it was crap. I thought it was trash. I was stressed out by The Rock even being there. And, like, it was pretty I bad. Said it was, I said it was possibly the best SmackDown ever. So, I said, like, even better than the ones he was on yeah. in his prime. <laughs> I get why you would think that. The show was named after him, and he starred on it for, like, two years. I think it's bad most weeks. And Wrong. I know this because we spoke about it over the desks. Sidge now has me pegged as this guy. We're like, come on. 
Like, you need to check out the different company. Raw. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm very aware of the, the same machine producing the same, like, the same shows. And yet, just like in various incarnations of the brand extension, I don't think it's impossible that they can be different. I think sometimes it's the collection of wrestlers. I think sometimes... It's, it is the, the different stories that they're telling. Like, the, we use the example of the, the SmackDown 6 era was this, like, forum's favourite, wasn't it? Paul Heyman was yeah. booking. It was all your favourite wrestlers. Meanwhile, Triple H was pretending to be Kane and shagging a corpse on Raw. There is a way that this same machine can produce different shows, yeah. and I really believe that at the moment. That just out of how my, my personal enjoyment of Raw versus my kind of disdain for three-quarters of the SmackDown roster, I kind of actively hate a lot of the people I'm being forced to watch on a Friday <laughs> versus the majority of people I really like. And they've completely turned me around on one guy that I actively hate watching normally, and he's becoming one of my favourites on Mondays too. Mm. Who's that? Drew. <laughs> <laughs> Guy's a boring asshole. All of a sudden, I'm like super invested in him all over again. It's because he wore white gear. That's why. <laughs> the white gear looks class. It had like a reason to yeah. be this week yeah. as well. So liked it. Um, it was an episode of Raw to me. <laughs> yeah. There's some really good stuff on here. Stuff that really yeah. caught me off guard that I just couldn't believe how good it got and was getting in the moment. There was a point where I'm watching Cody, Sammy, and Kevin Owens stare down the Judgment Day. Oh, my God. And I'm like, how is this still going on? I, I, what, it, I'm so bored. But certain things over-delivered. And there were, it, for me, it's always... Well, A, I'm thinking of headlines for the podcast, and B, it's like... I can't wait to see what the Dadleys say about this. And there was one thing immediately that I thought, we literally talked about that yesterday on Over oh Deer, and now I can't wait for Sidious' take on this because arguably it was even worse. Um, but no. we'll get into that um, because the show opened, of course, with Cody Rhodes coming out. What do you guys want to talk about? Uh, he wants to talk about Jey Uso. But before he can get into that, he's interrupted by Dominic Mysterio. Uh, Dom interrupted because obviously they've got the match tonight and says... Uh, before you even get to Jay, so I won't worry about him. You can barely hear him, of course. But, uh, yeah, he's going to join the Judgment Day. Uh, we're going to be the most dominant faction in WWE. Mammy isn't there. She's been injured by Nia Jax uh, last week. But he's going to dedicate his victory tonight to her. Uh, Rhodes sort of toys with him. Anyone actually hear what he was able to say there? He says, look, hey, good, big night for you, Dom. Uh, maybe a victory will impress Rhea enough to where she finally defines their relationship. He's getting Steve Urkel and Laura Winslow vibes from Dom and Rhea. And then he, to be fair to him, acknowledge, all right, that reference might be slightly outdated, <laughs> which is very rare that you get to hear someone acknowledge that acknowledge that on uh, Monday Night Raw. Well, Cody's a real person in a fake world. Good point. Mm. One of the very few. Um, but he says, uh, I noticed last week that... Uh, How fake is that world? <laughs> For me, say, I love the man, but Cody Rhodes is not real. <laughs> he noticed that last week... That, um, You're not real, man. <laughs> Mammy seen... That motherfucker is not real. <laughs> <laughs> Mammy seemed more interested in uh, Jey Uso last week. Um, Dom's pissed off, um, but he reminds uh, Cody that his family always has his back. Out comes uh, Finn Balor and Damian Priest to accompany Dom to the ring, and of course, collectively, they're in the f***ing judgment day. Uh, and you've got Dragon Lee, who's watching in the front row. He's getting a uh, North American Championship match next week against Dom on Raw, ahead of NXT, no, merci, uh, <laughs> next weekend, where it's Mustafa Ali fighting the winner. Yeah, I guess they, they kind of did promote him versus Dominic, but I guess now that's just generic number one contender because Dominic's got off this match now. Yes. 
It's fair, but... It makes sense. They didn't explain it. I can make it make sense because I adore NXT, but they didn't explain any of this <laughs> whatsoever. Why like, Dragon Lee suddenly got the title shot ahead, arguably, of Ali, but... I feel like one of those people, and you'd see them on the timeline, and there's no, you know, watch Ring of Honor if you like Ring of Honor, but there's these people that get, like, really cross when there's a bit of Ring of Honor integration on in AEW, and it's like, well, that's weird, because that character wasn't really doing that, and now they are, and us that just watch Dynamite and Collision don't really care. Like, as a devotee of Raw and NXT, I was a bit like, no, you need to make this make more sense. <laughs> what, what about all three of us that really care about Tuesday nights? You yeah. know? Their viewership. We, actually, yeah. It's <laughs> rising. Like, they're going to catch it, basically on a par with Raw, if, if the football, because they're going to show loads of football, aren't they, because the uh, this writer's strike. So basically, Raw's ratings are going to be in the toilet for the next few months. Football's back. <laughs> <laughs> Football's back and bigger than ever because of the strikes. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> uh, and I think I think it was a, a double header last night. We were looking, weren't we? It was like the Panthers and the, uh, whoever. Panthers versus the assholes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, we got a Money in the Bank rematch. Dirty Dom versus Cody Rhodes. Um, and thankfully, it didn't go that long. Uh, Cody polished him off in like two minutes, effectively. There was a bit of offense from Dirty Dom due to interference from Finn Balor, uh, but Rose just shook that off, hit a Cody Cutter, hit the crossroads, one, two, three. Uh, post-match, Balor and Priest are going to, you know, get in there and kick Cody's ass, but who comes down, as Cedric mentioned, as they've been doing quite a few times on Monday Night Raw, Owens and Zayn come down to, to partner Cody, and I was like, please don't make this a six-man. Um, but the Judgment Day bails, uh, but before we go to break, Owen says, ah, before you go anywhere, Cody, stick around. I want to have a quick conversation. Thoughts on the match? Loved it. Um, it's two minutes. Yeah. yeah. Cody should be dealing with Dominic Mysterio in two minutes. Dominic Mysterio, to, you know, so just point about there's always a good and bad version of everything. Dominic is a champion getting beat because he's rubbish. He's backdoored his way. That's his character, yes. He's backdoored his way to that belt. to make that same point. Backdoored his way to the belt. You can absolutely beat a champion when he's such a paper champion who they're already telling you, well, he's not in Dragon League's League and next week Dragon League's going to win. Maybe he won't, and maybe there's some drama in that. How does Dominic escape that and move on to move far? To help with the judgment day. I would imagine so. Yeah, but then Dragon Lee could have his brother in there, Brocker. I have agreed that... Do you like that sort of thing? NXT preview and review later on today. <laughs> I've been getting pretty sick of the main events, but... Uh, <laughs> just winked at us and got a pop out of his. I didn't feel any of the dread about the three of them, because I didn't... Well, I didn't believe there was a match forthcoming for one, <laughs> but also I kind of had a hunch based on what Cody had already said to Dominic Mysterio that this was going to be about Jay and the Judgment Day. And I felt like I was rewarded. Like this was another strong show-long storyline. And the it wasn't the weakest element of the story. It was the least believable. The least believable thing of, could Jay Uso be swayed by Dominic Mysterio and the Judgment Day? We're all thinking, no, no. I'm far more invested. Especially if Rhea's not there. <laughs> Well, like, <laughs> it's, it's jumping out a little bit, but, I, like, since he came to Raw, I've been far more invested in, like, the Kevin Owens element and the Drew McIntyre yeah. elements and these, right, there is actual... Jay Uso going to Raw is, he genuinely finds it as compelling as CM Punk going to AEW in 2021. Mm, I thought you were going to say 2023. I was going to say no, more compelling. <laughs> but, like, yeah. No, it's really good. I, I love what this has done to so many of these characters that I already was quite enjoying. I now enjoy them more. Mm. There are, like, and we got this next with this promo, but it did feel like they are showing you enough very sort of pro, I don't want to say fake feeling, very pro wrestling the elements of this. is like, could he join up with these bad guys? No, that would be dumb. He's just left this heel stable and he's a massive baby face. We don't believe this is going to happen. So they deal well, his with... His brother's an idiot who can't decide whether he's in the bloodline. Yeah, and that's the, there's the difference <laughs> laid bare for me. Like, Jimmy Uso is being presented as a clown on SmackDown. 
Jay Uso's being presented as a, quite a like a credible character with all of the, all of his history being acknowledged around a bunch of other credible characters. The Judgment Day aren't credible, <laughs> like in terms of villains that would like suck him into the group. That just was something that was there to be a story, and I quite like that. That's what I felt was happening here, like because of what Cody had already said. I thought we're going to get some attention paid to this tonight, and it turns out we got it kind of all played out. Mm. So I didn't really mind that face off, and especially as a match that was ultimately a device to the segment that came next. Yeah, better that than a, a promo train, I guess. This felt far more Not natural. Standards. This felt far more natural as a way to bring these people out to the ring. Like, what was wrong about how all this was laid out, Sige? Like, <laughs> Cody, beat, Cody beat Dominic, was getting beaten up by some heels and some baby faces. It saved him because he constantly reminds people he's the one true good guy. He's different to all the rest, you know? Like, he's, yeah. he does things for people. There's nothing was- wrong with it. I'm just not doing cartwheels. <laughs> but, like, you like the, the point is... It's stern logic. That's why I watch my wrestling. <laughs> no, but it's, like... I, okay, yeah. this, is, this is how... Different people. Once upon a time, right... When AW was genuinely good, this is how they would start these segments off. It would feel natural. Like, now we're having a promo exchange because we came here for the fixture. Now that's happened. We can get on with the talking. Yeah, yeah. That was presented as the realistic way to do these... I don't like the talking. Promo battles. What? This specific talking or any talking? general. But, like, you must accept that. Like, that was how a dynamite... I don't like it very much. But you would have put it over back then. Because I think the unscripted promos are ten times freaking better. So it's more about the quality of the talking afterwards. I don't not say, that, like, did I ever say that this was illogical? No, but you you're just, just shouting at us. I haven't said anything you, yet. You negged <laughs> it as stern logic, as like some sort of criticism. But I think that was wasn't that what we were looking for years ago? About like right, how no, like, no, how no. can we naturally arrive yeah. at the wrestlers in the ring yeah. together? Versus the one time, the one time they don't do a promo train. You're comparing it to 2021 AEW Dynamite. Can I'm not no, saying 2021. I'm saying 2019 when it was. Shit. But like, the, can we not go crazy? We don't have to go crazy, okay, but like well, I'm, expl- not, I'm explaining to you as an analyst why I liked it yeah. versus other weeks when okay. you could easily criticize it. Mm. Okay. It's fine. <laughs> it's bare minimum stuff. So that's where I disagree. I don't think it's bare minimum. It's like, all right. I'll tell you one thing I liked the explanation as to why Cody would bring Jay back and why there are tensions between the big babyface gang. This next stuff yeah, I, I thought was it. really great. It's yeah. good. It's yeah, good. Owens wants to understand from Cody, um, just to get it right, Jay Uso's back on Raw because of you. And Rose is like, yeah. He's like, why did you think it was a good idea to bring Jay into our locker room? Um, I want to know that. And I'll be honest, quite a lot of people in the back do as well. Uh, Rhodes says... Because he's, he's allowed because the draft makes no sense. <laughs> and there is no draft. Rhodes says... He's Sorry, like, I'm allowed to criticise that. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> Always something. There's always something he can say. <laughs> this is the difference between us. You as a seven and me as a ten. Yes. Like I can see nines in this. You couldn't see. Like the best show would be an eight, maybe. How did it pass the seven? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Rhodes says he's had a lot of duties in the past. His job was to make people, make the people happy. Um, do you guys like Jay? Good reaction to that, that they do. He says, look, I've had many second chances, and I believe Jay deserved one as well. Uh, he deserved a chance to show that he's changed. Um, the bloodline's down a member as well. What's bad about that, Kev? Zane says, look, I know, Kev, it takes you a long time to trust anyone. Maybe I'm too forgiving myself, but uh, I think you should give Jay a second chance. Like that. He was AEW Sting, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. I gave you a second chance, and that led to us winning the tag titles at WrestleMania. But Owens isn't buying it. He says, look, yeah, but let's not forget Jay's a big reason why you and uh, uh, Cody 
didn't win the Universal Championship against Roman Reigns and why I didn't beat him on several occasions. He's also one shade of eyeliner away from joining the Judgment Day. Look, I can't trust Jay, but I trust you guys, and I hope you're right. That element of it is brilliant. Like, there is actual friends. There's all this proven trust. If and when Jay does something that might not even be wrong, but that Kevin Owens perceives to be wrong, now the blame has shifted to them, and that opens up the divide between Kevin and Sammy and Kevin and Cody, even though what Jay Uso does, well, let's be honest, it's wrestling will probably be an accident. It's going to be an errant chair shot or a mistake in war games or whatever. And Owens is no longer going to take his anger out on Jey Uso. He's going to take it out on these two. And mm. there's, your, there's your Owens heel turn or there's your big matches or whatever. And we're doing a bit of punk stuff here, aren't we? A little bit, yeah. Like, this is... It's a bit tinfoil hat. Is it? Right, you bring him into the locker room. Bring yeah. him into the locker room. Second chances. Best in the world. Nobody's. I like Jey Uso, but I'm not calling him the best in the world. That felt like a choice. Well, I could hope so. I'd love to see that punk yeah. care in the Fed. What is it Bring like? him home. Chicago and War Games and Survivor Series. I don't think that's happening. But I just think it's... You could infer that there were breadcrumbs yeah. sprinkled on the floor here. Like a locker room pariah. So compared to 2021 just yet, though. I feel very sorry for who has number 30 in the Rumble. Well, aye. I will say this about this segment. I think they need to square a lot of this off, and they did. And because these are some of the better talkers, it was... Better, it was this is good talking by WWE standards when usually it's like it, there's no, it's the one thing for me where there'll never be a comparison. Like Gunther versus Chad Gable have had better TV matches than I've seen on Dynamite since God, I don't know when was the last Dynamite match where I went absolutely mental for. I can't remember, mm. but Gunther Chad Gable have got them licked in match quality <laughs> at the moment. Um, was the, the big tag match was on Collision, wasn't it? The awesome uh, Bullet Club, uh, that was Collision, yes. wasn't the it? One yeah. where you had an encore. <laughs> you were the, like, you, to be fair to you, you were the very consistent low guy in the collision made events. Yes. In those weeks where, like, that show was getting all yeah. the flowers. Like, I, I will say that I, you know, I champion them for continuing to hang a lantern on their absolutely pre-Triple H era, like, absolutely awful continuity with Kevin Owens. Like, yeah. he, he cannot, with a straight face, say that someone else doesn't deserve a second chance. They kind of have to hang a lantern over it and say, you, Kev, really? So, like, Triple H, to his credit, right, cannot erase retcon, like, that terrible, terrible Twilight Years Vince creative. He's acknowledging it, and he has to hang a lantern on it and just illuminate it and just say, this is what I'm trying to wade through you have to bear with me for any of this to kind of make sense. So I don't blame current WWE creative for having to do that, but it doesn't make it any easier for me to take it 100% seriously. That's, yeah. You've kind of illuminated like a really serious problem there. There are so many wrestlers that's on this, still on this roster that spent so many years having a character trajectory that even us that watch it every week could no longer describe to you. Yeah. And Triple H's job now is to try and somehow tether that to today's relatively sort of consistent plotted version of WWE. That's the thing, I'll be fair. In some ways, Triple H has got the easiest job in the world, and I resent him so <laughs> profoundly for that. All he has to do is do a pretty A to B to C bit of plotting with better match quality. And maybe I'm being reductive there, but realistically, all he has to do is just not make it phenomenally, inscrutably stupid. And people will look at the comparison and think, well, he's, he's great, he's okay. great. But he has got on the other side, on the other side of that coin, he does have to, like, 
you know, try and pour soup through a hole. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you don't like try yeah. and put it in a direct line that makes sense. Oh, we can't do that. Look what we did with that character in 2018. Yeah, Look no, what we did with that character in 2019. Yeah. So you just reminded me there. Um, Eric had me awake last night and I just randomly opened my phone. I was like, I just, just watched something on YouTube for 10 minutes whilst he just settles. Uh, and I watched uh, an old Wrestling With Regret video. Shout out to the brilliant Brian Zane. I forgot about, do you remember the time Kevin Owens was like, actually, I'm a member of the New Day now? And everyone was like, oh my God, he's turned on Kofi. Who could have seen this one coming? Yeah. Everyone. Yeah. Everyone could have seen it coming. And yeah, it's exact, you're exactly right. Um, so they replay, replay Nia Jax's replay? return. Replay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I f up all the time. I'm sorry. <laughs> they just love it. <laughs> they replay Nia Jax's return last week. And Michael Cole says, uh, Rhea Ripley are both injured due to the attacks. Ripley's got bruised ribs whilst uh, Raquel Rodriguez suffered whiplash and um, anal bleeding. The million, you know, a million miles see it, away. I see saw on that. his face when he's going to do it, can't yeah. you? Uh, and there's meant to be, we, we, on the preview yesterday, I just sort of went, New Day Viking Raiders 2 out of 3 balls. And he's like, why? I Who feel cares? guilty. I feel really <laughs> guilty. Exactly the same, Sige. And we go backstage and uh, Eric's not medically cleared. We do hope that's nothing genuinely serious. Um, and then I do like the fact that New Day were like, were like great, handicap match. And they're like, no, 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 singles match. And they uh, RPS it for um, who's going to face him. Kofi Kingston wins uh, with scissors, I believe. And uh, it's Kofi Kingston versus Ivar. I've and never heard of shortened to RPS. A little, little cheeky game of RPS. Don't one now? Yeah. On an audio podcast? Okay. <laughs> hey, this, is, this is preemptive, of course, because soon people will be able to watch this. Indeed, indeed. And uh, later on today, maybe something dropping. Mm -hmm. so After three. So or one, on two, three, three, shoot. Yeah, one, two, three, shoot. Okay. One, two, two three, three, shoot. shoot. Ah! Uh, I did rock and he did paper. <laughs> Guys, as, just as an audience member, that was some pretty hot RPSing. <laughs> we'll do best two out of three. Do we do a Dadley's RPS? Go on. Then. One, two, three. Oh. Ah, I got rock and he got scissors. <laughs> I was throwing the pen. The pen on it went a little journey there. It like sort of flipped away. Oh, I've told you. I've, I just like to make a, a tourniquet. I don't like it. It's like you're doing like a magic trick because I can't see. You're not holding the pen, but I can see. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> you ever seen um, Big Trouble in Little China? No, of course I've not. One of the, uh, the Thunders, I think they're called. Um, they've got like this uh, blade around his wrist that spins round. I'm worried for your wrist. And Oh, have you ever seen a Kickboxer pamphlet? No. That's oh. a third podcast this week. I've been talking about pod Kickboxer. S S Sige, what's the bloke's name? Sitch. No. Tong Po. Tong Po. We've got to show you the introduction of Tong Po after this. Oh, my God. Have you ever seen Kickboxer? No. Kicks oh, my God. Oh, the introduction is incredible. Okay. Should we have a quick RPS? I feel awkward if you yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. Okay. One, two, three. Ah, oh, Wilbur wins. He got scissors and half of that paper. <laughs> um, what's happening? Oh, yeah. Kofi Kingston versus Ivar. And uh, I, and uh, I, was, oh, I can't believe I'm doing this. Oh, my God. Me and him were talking this morning, and I was I was about, I was scared. That's where I was in this match. As it started, I was like, oh, I don't need to watch this. This is going to be just like back and forth. Oh, squash. Oh, there we go. That's great. This is awesome. It's awesome. He absolutely kicked ass. Um, they, they go to a break with a great spot to go to a break. Kofi Kingston's on the outside and Ivar splashes him. And I was like, oh, cool. Kofi Kingston's dead then. That spot is fantastic. And and I, got, I get why, because he's like small and he flies around. But it was fantastic when Rey Mysterio would do it. Yeah. And I never once thought, what about if one of the big flyers They should it? do that. Like, I never once considered that. Yeah. There are big guys that can fly. One of them should try it. Because yeah. 
Rey Mysterio is like five foot nout, and even him, he lands with such a splat. What if it was massive? Yeah. So uh, we come back. This time, Kingston avoids a splash, uh, comes back with one of his own, crossbody, SOS, two count, goes for Trouble in Paradise. Ivar ducks it, hits a nice-looking power bomb. Yeah. Uh, Ivar hits a spinning leg lariat as well for a two count. Right. <laughs> That's a big one's yeah. coming. Yeah. <laughs> More bombs! Ivar goes to the middle rope, and uh, he's going to just, you know, splash him again or do, do something like that. And Valhalla's like, ah, ah, ah. Uh, uh, uh. Turn it around, and I, I think everyone thought, "All right, cool." So Kevin gets this moving. Then, nope, he just got moonsaulted by Ivar. Oh my god! I know we've seen him do this high flying stuff before. It just it was a great. I thought it was great to see Stratton esque, brilliant kick out. Because uh, Strattonian convinced, <laughs> convinced Kofi Kingston was was beaten, but he came back. Sunset flip power bomb as, as Ivar's doing something else on the turnbuckle. Trouble in paradise. One, two, three. I cannot believe how good this was. I feel guilty. Like, yesterday, before it was cancelled for reasons, there was a tag team match that I was expecting to be bored to tears by. Two yeah. out of three fall. Two out of three falls. We already had endured a unreasonably long Viking Raiders versus New Day match about two or three mm-hmm. weeks ago. When, like, yeah. 18 minutes was. I really now just, it happened. Now it happened. I just don't want to see this again. And then maybe they thought, you know what? No one is expecting us to do anything here. Why don't I just, like it's the classic the replacement should the substitution should be better than the thing that you had to pull mm. from advertising. Like that weird wrestling promoter that's good, yeah, but they just have it in them. Like Vince ugh, hate to praise him, but he had it. Tony Khan, Tony Khan <laughs> did it <laughs> with uh, Starks and Danielson it all yeah. out. This is like a weird sort of micro version of that where it's like, right, we're not gonna get the match we advertise, so you might as well just go hog friggin' wild and just bomb bomb bomb, like these ridiculously awesome high spots where I'm thinking, Kofi Kingston will be lucky to make it out this match alive. It was just the, the that rare special appearance where you've got zero um, expectations yeah. for a match. Absolutely zero. And then you just watch it, glazed eyes, wait till the finish. I might even look on my phone. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, what? This is... Does this, does this rule? Yes. <laughs> does this rule? And it's like, you watch it, it's like, oh my God, this rules, and it's going to rule even more, and I'm just glued, glued. In yeah. that moment, there is nothing except Ivar versus Kofi Kingston. Nothing matters to me more. How, it, how it should be. Yeah. yeah. This is nothing matters to me more than this television match between these two characters who have either peaked or never really done much with their careers on the main roster. I was about to say, is that this is a better match, other than the win, than Kofi Kingston had at any point during his WWE Championship reign. Oh, by oh, some Christ distance, I, by yeah. some distance. Well, just do, why don't they do this? People, again, we will say this, right? I believe, and I've been told, that a lot of our listeners sort of experience Raw exclusively through this podcast. Yes. Keep up with the Joneses. Keep up with the Joneses Jones. <laughs> exclusively through this part. I was coming. As you were saying the first keep, I was like, oh, no. We're going double Jones. <laughs> no, you, you, you went, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Every now and then, I'll tell the listeners who don't watch it, but just like to keep abreast, like everyone does, I think, with wrestling when they're lapsed. <laughs> well, Vaughn's just juggled his fake tits in front of me. Um, everyone wants to keep abreast. <laughs> I will say to them, on a blue moon, there will be something on this television show that you have completely fallen out of love with, but you are fated to follow until 
the hourglass and the last grain of sand drops down. But just cursed us lapsed WWE guys who mm-hmm. also cover it professionally. <laughs> Every now and then I will say, there is a match that you must go out of your way to watch. And I've always been in two of the last ones <laughs> I can recall. This match and the Viking Rules match. Oh, yeah. That was I, great. I, what? What are you doing to me, Ivor? <laughs> it's go <I> don't, solo. <laughs> well, like, I don't like that. Get rid of Valhalla as well. <laughs> Actually, she played her part. There's always a beautiful joy in a professional wrestling match when someone does something after doing something where it's like, it's just to make you make it feel real. That splash from the apron to the outside on a Kofi, Val Hollis straight on the scene going, <laughs> like, just bleed. And it's like, it made you th- realize, not only has there been a completely unexpected murder, but she's loving it. Yeah. And it's like, just that one bit of celebration, it's like, did I just see that? No, no, I did, and she's celebrating. Just keep Valhalla around for a week. Mm. It's just Don't listen to her politics. <laughs> that, um, you'll know this one, Sitch. That <clears throat> spine buster by Arn Anderson to Shawn Michaels at Survivor Series 88 when Tully Blanchard hasn't left the ring, and he's not even looking, but he hears the drilling of Shawn Michaels on the mat, and you see Tully Blanchard go, get the fuck in! <laughs> like, oh, so pleased. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> I don't like being told on Twitter not to sleep on wrestlers because almost all the wrestlers are good now and there's footage of them having good matches loads of them aren't well booked tons of them aren't well booked but there's great rosters full of great wrestlers and then once a week you'll be don't sleep on so-and-so this is not don't sleep on Ivar or for that matter don't sleep on Kofi but especially don't sleep on Ivar but just last week me and Usage were talking about like the Viking Raiders versus Ricochet and Alistair Black is maybe one of the best WWE titles I love it ever. so goddamn much. Take over New York, right? Yeah. I think ever. Dave went four and a half, four and three. If he'd gone five, I probably would have said, you know what? Why I? Yeah. One of the best ever. And I, like, I would argue it's a little bit underrated just because it doesn't get spoken about loads. But it's, I think it's one of the best WWE tag matches ever. And you just think, oh, well, I know what like Ricochet and Alistair Black can do yeah. as singles wrestlers more than tag wrestlers. But the Viking Raiders have never approached anything like that on the main roster. So was this some weird outlier? And then you're reminded of how they arrived at NXT in the first place, making waves like this as War Machine and what they've got in the locker. But they just don't need to, and nor probably should they in a load of throwaway TV matches. And to Sidge's point, there was that feeling of, oh, we should probably do this this week. And it does remind you that the reason don't sleep on wrestlers as redundant now is because they can all turn it up if they want to. Yeah. But how often are they really motivated to do that? And why would you? It's the content farm affects the wrestlers too. Mm. It's not just us as viewers. It's how many times they have to go out there and bump just for the sake of it, just to fill TV time for these promoters. And just every now and then, they think, let's do a bit more than that tonight. Like, and I just, it's great to watch. It's really, really exciting to watch. Yeah, that point of, I cannot look at my phone because what if I miss this? Yeah. That's how it's supposed to be all the time. I'm and always so impressed when someone on Raw does this to me. Super, yeah. Super Service Air is taking that feeling away, hasn't it? Yeah. You know, it like really this, takes something. This was the anti Bailey Asker. Yeah. Mm. The anti Bailey Asker from SmackDown last week. Oh, God, I'm watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> I watched the Viking Rules match back that night. I went home when I watched oh, it again. so good. Yeah. Like, I love it when a commentator loses their mind. And Corey Graves, who I don't like generally, lost his mind during the Viking Rules match. <laughs> People are loving... Actually, no, was he even on it? Uh, ah, he was still on Raw at the time, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. Yeah, I do recall him going crazy. People are loving posting videos of, uh, like, fan videos of, like, Michael Cole stood up at the desk. Oh, God, moment. I usually hate it so much. Even Cole at that WrestleMania triple threat. Yeah. I was like, that's the first time I ever got him. Yeah, it's, oh, he's actually allowed to yeah. scream and shout the way he's doing, yeah. 
I saw someone reshare the clip of uh, Dawkins. Remember when they just they went, oh, you were just like, this, what's this throwaway like? Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. <laughs> Tyson's like, yeah. It's Braun, isn't it? Yeah. Like Braun's I, doing his choo-choo, and then he just like, gets <laughs> stopped dead by Dawkins. Body checks him. Oh, God, watch that again. God. That was one of them. I think, yeah. I think maybe Fanta's got a point with his fed. <laughs> <laughs> Every now and then. That had no right, did it? That nah, nay right. Oh, my God. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Anyway, uh, back to Monday Night Raw, and uh, Ricochet is getting interviewed by Jackie Redmond. He warned Shinsuke Nakamura not to look past him. Um... He made it personal, of course, by attacking him with a chair. He says, if it's games you want to play, let's go ahead and play them. Oh, no, not yet. Um, I'm a cheat code. Tonight, it's game over. Uh, Nakamura comes out for the match. Re- Rollins comes out, security. Rollins wants to get his hands on Shinsuke. Um, but Nakamura just sort of winds him up but whilst hiding behind all the people. Uh, and Rollins gets held back as uh, Nakamura taunts. And then uh, Ricochet comes out for Shinsuke Nakamura versus Ricochet. Skip. Yep, thought so. Nakamura tried to hit Ricochet with a chair. Ricochet moved. Skip means skip, skip means skip. And uh, hit him with it instead. And we'll talk about what happened afterwards. Because enough of all that. It's now time for this. It's short. It's crap. It's wrestling related. The five-star review review. Nailed it. And this week's five-star review review is brought to you by Brian from New Jersey. Oh, Brian! (laughs) If you want to suggest something short, crap, wrestling related, uh, you can do so on Apple Podcasts, or you can leave us a five-star rating on Spotify. Screenshot it. We need the proof. (laughs) Adam.Wilborn at whatculture.com, just like Brian has here. Uh, he says, firstly, let me say how much I've enjoyed listening to the podcast for about six years now. Uh, I watched WWE during the Attitude Era, then was on again, off again, until I started listening well, to again, your po- off again. podcast. I think Adam and the Dadleys strike a perfect balance of knowledge, bias, and enthusiasm. I Thank pre- you. I appreciate their objective <laughs> and subjective takes on things that they love and hate about... Um, your business. And I credit them with... <laughs> Try to do it in New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> how do you hell do you say... That this business, I'm trying to get Vince Russo doing it, even though it's New York. Yeah, this business, bro. This this business. (laughs) 
It's family business. Thanks for your review. <laughs> <laughs> I credit them with renewing my fondness for wrestling, in particular because of their coverage and Sidgwick book, Sidgwick's book on the rise of AEW. Is that available still, Sidge? It is, but it, mm, depends if you only like passionate and insightful words. I do, but I'm, I'm very specific about it, Sidge. It has to be over a, over 110,000. Oh. 130, oh, you're in luck. <laughs> you're in luck. It's 120,000 passionate and insightful words. Ah... Uh, do you live in the world? <laughs> <laughs> I do, you know. Well, because Amazon will deliver there. <laughs> so that means Jeff Hardy can't get it. Well, can the alien, can the alien get it? <laughs> more, more him later on today. Hey, I love your riding, but do you deliver to another plane? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's about the AW when it was the best. Am I in it? <laughs> <laughs> no, Jeff. <laughs> So are your brothers in there, <laughs> despite his best efforts. <laughs> right. You may have heard me in the office popping whilst was, I read this review. hypothetically featured in what the promoter called the worst piece of television he'd ever produced during the pandemic, Sitch. He was. Yeah, he was. <laughs> Sounds like mad. <laughs> so you may have heard me popping whilst in the office whilst I re read this review. Because Brian and You continues. know, it ain't work that he's Damascus, because he actually has, in fact, been around for 500 <laughs> Maybe I do like this JSO thing too much because I'm always wearing a tinfoil hat. I made it out of my back bedroom wall. <laughs> <laughs> right. So Brian continues. He's put us over. But he says, <laughs> Secondly, I'm known in my family for flatulence. <laughs> oh, Brian. Wait. I embrace it because I'm. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a 42-year-old child that still pops at fart jokes. In fact, I've even told my family, if I was a boxer, they'd call me Gaseous Clay. So imagine my surprise when Stax shows up for a great American bear. And God bless the United States. Review and makes his Gaseous Clay joke. I pop my tits off. Knowing that there's another gassiest clay joke out there in the world, making it a better place. Oh, I'm farting over here. <laughs> <laughs> the one time I'll ever say that word. Okay. Attached is my five-star <sighs> review. Uh, for this one, I'd like uh, it to be Sidgwick's choice, as I find his takes to be the most salient and thought-provoking. Thank you. Me too. <laughs> I was, seriously, I'm sorry. Thank you, man. <laughs> I really, <laughs> truly, genuinely like appreciate it. I would love him to get a short crap wrestling-related segment out of his head and onto the podcast. Cheers, Brian from New Jersey. Well, it's Sidgwick's choice, dealer's choice. What's that dealer? Oh, it's, oh he's back. Uh, he's, I'm not talking about that dealer. It's, a, it's an expression. See you later, alien. <laughs> <laughs> You're idiots. Well, I'm an idiot. So my choice is, well, it's crap. It's wrestling related. The original version of the thing we are going to review, I'll just talk about Scattershot. Yes. Uh, it was, in fact, I believe, according to Cage Match, 17 minutes Jesus long. Christ. But I think 99% of the people who watch this have watched it exclusively on X in MP4 form. Mm -hmm. I'm talking, of course, the seminal, incendiary, explosive retirement match between Tyrus and EC3. Oh, my God. <laughs> I just want to bury it because why would we ever cover the NWA? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ever. Maybe late since 2019. Starks left or, uh, yeah, since Starks, Kingston, and yeah. 
L.A. Night. Yeah, yeah well, everybody's saying. And Danny Deals. And Danny Deals. <laughs> Into the fire. Talking. I mean, what more do you want? <laughs> Uh, Tim Storm's massive head. Tim Storm's, Storm's that's coming giant to rock of a heat. Um, no, they were cooking in 2019. Uh, they're certainly not cooking in 2023. Um, I just want to talk trash about this terrible <sighs> match. You know what? Right. In its defense, I have not watched the full heart-wrenching 17-minute mm. odyssey Bell into bell end. I mean, bell to bell, sorry. Bell to bell. I've not seen this heart-wrenching 17-minute odyssey and the inner conflict etched all over EC3's agonized face over the prospect of retiring Tyrus. I've seen about 49 seconds (laughs) clipped into separate MP4s. Maybe, maybe there was 16 minutes of absolutely (laughs) heart-rending... Explosive action and intense moves executed at the right times for maximum dramatic effect. So I will say now, this is an unbiased review. There could be 16 minutes of gold in this match. I highly doubt it. Um, That's what I I just want to... I just... I hate him. Tyrus is a despicable human being and one of my favorite things in this world, particularly... When this world is so cruel and unfair, mm-hmm. it's so exhausting. The absolutely disgusting, disproportionate distribution of wealth, the culture wars that you have to avoid for your sanity, but for your morality, you kind of have to be involved in, otherwise you're a bad human being. The the, the state of the weather, you've destroyed this planet mm-hmm. in terms of its physical makeup and its psychological complexion. It's just completely and utterly battered. I see something every day that I hate and can do nothing about. And it's always, the, the bad guys always win. And what's particularly annoying is that the bad guys think they're not winning. Yeah. They, they you've, well, you're stupid. Of course <laughs> you've won. Why do you keep going on and on on X or on the news? You've, you've won. We hate it. We hate it. In this context, the context of life, the grim, bleak context of life, and everything that's wrong with it, I... This morning, and this is the absolute epitome of a first world problem, right? I, this morning, oh my God, I had to wait 30 minutes for a public transport. And because there was a big congregation of people under the shelter, I was like, I don't want to be around you. Um, I had to hold my my umbrella up with my hurty hand. (coughs) And it it genuinely is really annoying because, right, I probably have to do some extra work today. Um, I can't leave extra time for my journey because I have to get my kids ready for school. And you stood there, soaked, frustrated. And I, and I, and I, and I tersely word a, a reply to the like the, the completely on it social media manager who's doing their job. Mm-hmm. This underfunded, thank you, Tories, public transport system. And I'm stressed. I'm going to get to work on time. I'm going to get my work done. And it's awful. And like that's just a tiny, tiny, tiny fraction of just how broken everything is in this world. If I can see an arsehole make a tear of themselves, <laughs> I am going to extract every bit of joy and catharsis I can get from that. Tyrus is a terrible human being. He has everything that's wrong with it, and he's a stupid, out-of-shape arsehole who's made a tear of himself in a terrible wrestling match that I would put there as one of my favorite matches of the year. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to give us the backstory to this? No. 
Okay. Um, <laughs> so let's start at the beginning because there's the spot that most people will have seen, but we're not just going to focus just on no, that no, stage. No. I want to start at the beginning because we gathered around my computer to watch the opening of this classic. Um, and it's a ball rope match. We've all seen what they look like and they're tied together. There's the tension initially of like, no one's, no one's got the upper hand yet. And I, I think the spot is meant to be, oh my God, the monster Tyrus is reeling in. He's got EC3 at his mercy. Yeah. And He's uh, got complete dominion over EC3. I'm going to do the commentary uh, for this. Whilst <laughs> Tyrus just slowly gathers some rope, EC3 walks towards him like he's doing the robot. <laughs> and the commentary goes, Tyrus already just dragging that rope with incredible ease. And by the way, this is the crowd reaction. There you go. Uh, wait a minute. <laughs> he's just walking towards him. Nothing's happened. Well, this is very interesting here. <laughs> they just stood in front of each other. Tyrus is just like, <laughs> just looking at him. EC3's just looking at the ball rope, staring at the ball rope, feeling the emotions. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even like EC3's just walking up to him. Yeah. Yeah. He's not like struggling on this rope as if to say, oh my God, what have I let myself in for here? I can't even survive this man, let alone retire him. And that's where the the the, the emotion is meant to escalate. The drama is meant to... Trevor Murdoch. Hang on, <laughs> at the start of this match, he couldn't even, he couldn't even, you know, stay on this rope. He's getting dragged towards Tyrus. And now he's going to retire him. Oh my God. It's what happens when... He just walks up to him <laughs> with a rope in his hand. Like two people... Like evidently without brains playing mind games. Yeah, no. There's no game. There's no game to be played. With that which there is no mind. <laughs> That's right, Tyrus, but I don't think he <laughs> Um Do you want what, what do you want to do next? I just want to Draping DD to the outside. Draping DDT to the outside. I'm not being funny, right? I'm not being funny. One of my biggest regrets in life, one of my biggest regrets in life is not just I always put things off. Yeah, I've had a hell of a time in my life by this just this my, an absolutely dire fight or flight response. And I just wish I'd learned how to drive when I was seventeen. Just it would make my life so much easier. It's a skill. I feel like a lesser human being than literally everybody else because they've got the skill that I don't. I just wish I'd done it. And one of the reasons that this regret manifests itself is that I have to sometimes just do the shopping. Oh, we need stuff for the tea. Oh, whatever. I'm not around on the Saturday. Can you get stuff for the Sunday dinner? Oh, great. Oh, out of milk, is it? Right, milk. Massive pack of spuds. And I'm basically carrying yeah. for 10 minutes this, like, bulging Aldi bag of, like, really heavy stuff. Oh, well, it's cheap pop. And mm -hmm. it kind of tastes a little bit like Pepsi Cherry Max, and it's, like, 29 pence. Yes, I'm going to have two. You only remember when you're packing the bags, don't you? Oh, yeah. God, what have I done? It's like, what have I done? And I can't drive. So I'm not going to the car park. Because guess what? <laughs> Where are we going with it? Oh, yeah. I can't go to the car park. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we'll tidy this up before we... And guess what? I can't go to the car park because I'm looking at all the different vehicles and... <laughs> it wasn't my car! Because I never learned how to drive. <laughs> and I'm carrying the... That was worth it. That was I'm like carrying that. the potatoes and the double cheap pops, double pops. <laughs> and like, oh... I bloody... Charlotte always loves a fresh orange juice... That's heavier than you think. And I'm carrying loads of stuff. Hang on. It sounds like this. Oh, oh. the way home. And I've got my headphones <laughs> in, so I'll probably do something like that. And everyone's <laughs> thinking, oh, just go for a jog. You dad bod idiot. And 
this journey that I'm on with the potatoes and the milk, the f- like the big milk, the big fat wide milk that mm. barely fits into that part of the fridge behind. Or pinter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the sixer. Or six the cow. The cow. The well, just the big white boy yeah. from uh, the big yeah, white boy from Aldi, and that is as dramatically exciting <laughs> as EC3 trying to drag Tyrus's useless virtual carcass over under the bottom rope and to go. Someone described it as Tyrus slow motion spearing uh, <laughs> EC3. <laughs> well, this is the thing, right? I have very little patience, and it's because. It was the John Laurinaitis talent development era that initiated this, that every wrestler used a variation of either the roll the dice, like move, kind of Cody Rhodes has made it the crossroads and made it believable, but that, or the Carlito self rock bottom. Hate those moves. You take him up on it. I can't buy that. This is what happens to EC3. There's not a lot of space. Tyrus is a big guy. So even, you know, like if he was quicker, even if he was a Bam Bam Bigelow at his peak and very nimble, there's no room to manoeuvre. So EC3 falls backwards. That hurts. It's on the floor. But he falls backwards with Tyrus on top of him. So he's just taken a splash to himself. And then you're supposed to buy this. Got him. I, I hate watching it. I, I did enjoy watching the bit, Sige, where EC3, there's a chair in the ring. He's sat on the chair. EC3, he's, he's so conflicted. He's a former tag partner. He's a former friend. And not only is he taking the title off, retiring him. But in reality... That's just so Tyrus can have a bit of a rest. Yes, he's. Oh my god, I can't, I can't do it, man. I love, I love Tyrus so much, despite the recent, you know, bit of bother. Uh, these, you know, these bonds run deep. I'm, <laughs> I'm conflicted about retiring him. I'm going to express this with my uh, with Kubrick shot on the stool like Edge, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just so, just so he can have a lie down. Let's get to the the, the, the other spot. Sorry, when was this? Right, about a Day-wise. month ago. Wasn't it the same day as All In? I was just going to say, wasn't this the same weekend as All In? I think so. I imagine like this, and then you've got like Adam Cole and MJF. I know. Perfecting the form, basically. Yeah. I mean, it's just um, oh, it's so bad. Go and watch the triple cowbell shot as well. I just want to mention that <laughs> because he just doesn't sell the first two and then slowly falls backwards for the third one. Oh, he just looks like fall. a drunk who's had too much and he's got himself in a bad state. <laughs> Uh, and finally, apparently, I read on Twitter. I don't know if this is the case or not. I'm not going to go and watch the whole thing. Apparently, uh, towards the end, Tyrus completely sold the wrong arm. So. <laughs> He'd been like isolating. So, oh, uh, which one is it again? Um, but let's it talk looks about the, the least of his worries in this match. Oh, God, let's talk about the hit. Man's in trouble. Him, him hitting the ropes and the splash. Right, okay. I say hitting the ropes. We've probably seen the gear for the MP4 if you are on X. If you are not, the whole point of running at the rope and then flying off them, exploding off them, is to generate momentum ahead of, like, an aerial attack, a crossbody, a lariat, something like that. Completely misunderstanding the most basic bit of ring psychology. He does it just to do it. There's no meaning behind it because he can't explode. There's something in his body that'll explode, but he himself cannot explode off something. And he just goes, like, you don't like, about to faint. You feel like, oh, he does that off the ropes, and then he goes, <laughs> in the splash. I wouldn't even fat shame no. someone who is as horrible a human being as Tyrus. I just wouldn't do that. So I'm not talking about the size of Tyrus when I made this analogy. I'm talking about like, the, the, the mobility, the dynamism. Imagine Brendan Fraser in The Whale, except Brendan Fraser in The Whale has broken his metatarsal, and you are halfway close to realizing how much this man cannot move. You are, I'm not talking about the size, but I'm talking about like how the, the movement or lack thereof. Yeah. He cannot move. 
The he wrestles like Andre the Giant did in 1994. <laughs> he cannot. <laughs> he cannot move. He is unable to move. I'm surprised that he can squeeze himself into that sort of like that singlet with Tyler. like smash. Yeah, mm. like I, how does he do anything in his life, let alone an emulation of an emulation of a combat sport? The guy is, you know, a glorified corpse. The, the, like the all-in 2018 main event. So how did all them wrestlers run the ropes that many times in just a short amount of time? Yeah. So this was 17 minutes. Mm. The other 16 that we didn't watch is Tyrus running the ropes. Like the, that was the that was where the time was made up was him moving around. Yeah, I know. he's so plodding, and not because he's a dinosaur. That was a goated era for Tyrus. It was, I. Did you see? It was a couple of years ago. Now he's top rope splash. Oh boy, like Snoop Dogg looked like Eddie Guerrero <laughs> in 1994. Um, we don't. There's not really a comment section to go to here, but I, I want to shout out a few people on Twitter. Michael Phillips tweeted this, and I don't know if it's true or not. Maybe you know. Tyrus held the 10 pounds of gold longer than Sting, Dusty Rhodes, and Ricky Steamboat. Oh, that definitely checks out, yeah. Yeah. Dusty was always Jeez. a one-month wonder. Did Sting have this version of the belt? Oh, in TNA, did, but he would always leave yeah, it pretty yeah, quickly. Yeah. Um, and, and the build, I think it was, to this. Um, Tyrus had it longer than Cody. Yeah. Like Cody yeah. was just for a bit of fun, like just for, to make the all-in match matter. Just to prove how good of a... That was the ultimate yeah. bit of promotion. How did he make that belt feel halfway worth winning? Yeah. That was when I knew Dark Cody's special. Yeah, Cody's like, really special, actually. Like decades, it was like nickname. Sorry, Will, but on ten pounds of <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and all of a sudden there's like a YouTube show named after it. How's he, how's he done that? <laughs> um, but EC3 in the build. I don't this. think there is a wrestling fan on the planet, even the ones who are like super crazy knowledgeable, like uh, your Bixen fans, mm. who could reverse chronology. <laughs> The NWA title. The Postman Pierce years. Yeah, like, who's, who's who had that and when? Mm. Like, an absolute. And then Tyrus is the most infamous one, I guess, now. Mm. Uh, so I think in the build to this, EC3 did an interview. Do you know what he said? Tyrus, Tyrus is almost like a supervillain. He's a Thanos, in a sense. To which Kevin Talbot replies, a bigger villain than Thanos, to be fair, because Thanos stopped eliminating half the audience. <laughs> and excellent death or dollar on twitter tweeted tweeted yeah i can't see he's kind of like thanos except without the cool factor the menacing tone the look the wow factor the star power the grasp on the audience and the compelling story he do got a bald head though <laughs> <laughs> and and finally before we get back to monday night raw it's time to play the game time to play the game If Tamina you, is kabashi compared to Tyrus. <laughs> if uh, if you've seen this image, it might just have to be a Hamlet game. But on Cage Match, this match, of course, has a rating. Would you like to guess out of 10? I worry about this because I think that given the audience, not the wrestling fan audience that Tyrus tends to attract, I feel like people will claim that he's, you know, rollable Rocco. Just because he hates trans people, and that's yeah. how ugly people are. So, and I think that'll get skewed by... Cage Mash has issues of its own too, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, I like, think it'll get neutralized by people who are like, well, come on. Yeah. I, I reckon it's going to average out with a 5.1 as a result. Yeah. Muzzy is a small man. Certainly loved all those NXT UK matches, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, I think Sid is probably right, yeah. But I'll go 
daft low just to try and I'll go with 2.5. Tyrus EC3 ball rope match for the NWA world title received a rating of 1.29. <laughs> Again, like it, I, I love these things. I'm not just joking. There is goodness in this world. Yeah, there is goodness in this world still. Thank you. These people love the really dragging off matches, don't they? Yeah. The cage match, I love them. I think he's in four of the best 10 WWE matches ever, according to cage match. <laughs> Dave as well, I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so thanks once again to Brian from New Jersey. Thanks, this Brian. This thanks. Five-star review. review. I'm really, thank you. You said a lot of nice things. I'm facetious. You know what I'm like. The biggest fodder in the family. <laughs> <laughs> just something short, crap, wrestling related. Fodder Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> you can do this on Apple Podcasts or for a time. Or on Spotify. <laughs> Leave us a five star rating on there. Screenshot it. We need the proof. <laughs> Email it to me, Adam.wilbon at whatculture. Yeah, don't know if just blowing hot air. <laughs> uh, <laughs> suddenly, this DQ, having reviewed that match, doesn't seem so bad. Ricochet's twatted Nakamura with the chair. Um, he's arguing with the ref. Nakamura attacks him from behind. Mm. Kinshasa at the back of his head. He's going to wreck his legs around the ring post. But here comes Rollins. He tries to peg it pedigree uh, Nakamura, but he gets back dropped onto the chair uh, and uh, security's getting involved on the outside. Uh, Nakamura drives Rollins back first into the announce desk. Um, I did like the bit with Nakamura leaving and grabbing a cardboard cut out of Rollins' face and going, ooh. <laughs> and uh, Rollins, oh, bloody back. He's limping in the back after this. This Nakamura run is so weird because we said going into payback, and unfortunately, like, I didn't really want to be proved right, but I just thought, even though he's put like loads of work into this and they've put work into him as a result. I just don't, I can't see it happening in the match and then it pay back. I didn't see it happening in the match and yet in these short bursts, these beat downs from the second, it's still there. This fire that they found in him for this mini TV the feud still is, burns, yeah. is still there. Um, but I don't know what they're doing. Well, the Seth Rollins interview is probably where the talking points are here. Yeah. But I liked, Seth Rollins is a weird guy and but he's human. And he's got a bad back. I like that. And then in the match, Seth Rollins is so human that he can't help being the wrestler that he <laughs> thinks he should be and just does moves anyway in spite of this bad back. So I no longer really buy that there's this bad back that is uh, yeah. causing him to fall apart at the seams. Was it the Kushida match? I was trying to remember this with you earlier. Kushida, Kushida and, yeah. That was it, yeah. Like, he really oh, kind of... I'm yeah. Really kind of stepped on his own dick at payback. And now they're going back to the bad back. But like, what's the problem? Is it with his back or is it with his mind? Like, I, I kind of hate all of it now. Thanks, WWE. Hit it all. He got beat. He got beat in a three-star match. And why would I want to watch that again? Mm. When I know for a fact if you were going to build him as a title winner, you wouldn't do it like that. And I've seen the match and it wasn't that great. Is he going to main event now? Because, spoilers, Chad Gable loses later. And we, you and I booked yesterday Gable Gunther main event in. I think it I is going to main event. I think it is going to main event, but I don't think it's going to be the last match on the wiki. I think you've nailed yeah. how that goes down. Cashing's happening, isn't it? But, like, just labour on the back. Why have we gone to crazy Seth Rollins? If his back is so broken that he barely survives two Nakamura matches, that's the tee-up for Damien yeah, Priest. Yeah, yeah. Not, he's, he's gone crazy. Crazy. Uh, he's a sucks, man. <laughs> so overrated. Had a strange year, Seth Rollins. So overrated. Glimpses of actual... It's not just glimpses of brilliance. Where, like, a team in the FA Cup are just up for it and can beat a, you know, a giant slaying. Mm. I've seen Seth Rollins matches where I'm convinced he's great, mm. and yet sometimes he's so mid, mm. and he's cringe. I remember you saying, like, because he'd come back, obviously, and then was reselling the knee, like, and I remember having, like, issues with how he would just forget, 
about in like some of the big knee matches he would really forget. But I remember kind like, like Shawn Michaels. <laughs> came up recently watching the Wyatt's uh, like after Bray Pass and you watch that six man again. There was a different Seth Rollins out there before that first he was injury. An wasn't absolute there? Jesus Christ. He's an absolute lunatic. The pace of the man. Like, oh my God. I don't think he's ever quite learned how to really be a proper main event player with this majestic drama. He's just a 7.5 out of 10. He's one of the better. That's, like, there's nothing wrong with that. Very at home on Monday Night Raw. Yeah. <laughs> he's one of the better like main event gatekeepers ever, but he's the one man that won't be told he's a main event gatekeeper. Uh, and I, like, I understand that from his I point of view. I respect the drive. Yeah, I do. But like, this happens all the time. You're kind of reminded where Seth Rollins sits when he inadvertently sits one chair along from where he was sat before. Uh, I love me some Chelsea Green. She's getting interviewed by Byron Saxton, who she keeps calling Brian. I don't know why that tickled me so much. Um, and she says, oh, yeah, well, we're fighting Shayna Baszler and Zoe Stark, but they're not a real team. We're not best friends like me and her. And Byron was like, we're such good friends. What country, what country am I from? She's like, England, Island, Florida, Scotland. Uh my friend, who I won't name, once spent all night chatting up a girl. Oh, and no. And we were... No, don't do this. We were having a leave to get a taxi. And he was, like, trying to say, oh, like, come along, come along, come along. And she was, like, just seeing through him. Tell me my name. Oh, <laughs> God. And he turned and he went, uh, America. And she told him to F off, yeah. as you would, in her Australian accent. I'm not going to name him, but it's great. <laughs> he nailed it. Another DQ match, back-to-back. Back-and-forth back. Um, back stuff, and then Nia Jax attacks everyone. Attacked Piper Niven initially, drives her into the ring post, hit uh, Zoe Stark with a Samoan drop, hit Green with a running hip attack, and hit the Annihilator, that's what they call in the band's eye drop, on her former tag team partner, Shayna Baszler. I'll say one thing about Nia Jax, where, as I said in my discussion of the Ivar Kofi match, when you get sucked into Raw, it's such a surreal experience. <laughs> And that's usually through the strength of the work. Nia Jax, because she's so notorious for doing one thing, I it's like Zapruder film stuff. When I'm watching it, it's like, right, did she get hurt? <laughs> did she lay down a bit? It's snug there. I can't. Like, it's she's a car crash <laughs> of a wrestler. Yeah, th- there are two things on Raw that I'm gonna let play out for the time being. They've earned a bit of that from me at least WWE, and this is one of them because Rhea Ripley is off this week now. Selling injuries could just be in inverted commas, but like it certainly looked like it hurt last week. But either way, play to that, right? Yeah. If she's if she's fine, she's great. Taking out all the champions, basically. And that's what we have here. They this is them with their finger on the pulse of what people think of Nia Jax. And this is like how dare Nia Jax get a chance after all of these things that she was perceived of, these crimes that she's perceived to have committed first time around. Crimes? Hat. Like <laughs> how you know. Yeah. In a wrestling term, like oh, I went studs up. Everything she did to Becky Lynch, the uh, the um, Kyrie same one, like just it, it looked criminal from an in ring point of view. What she was doing <laughs> to these people, and now it feels like they know that, and it's like that's the gimmick. She's a danger to the division, but it's pro wrestling, so you should be dangerous. There's when she a, came out and she was like going, yeah, on her fists. Oh. <laughs> There's a line you can walk, and right now they're walking it. But if all of a sudden the legitimate injuries start piling up, it's like, well, yeah, this was the reality of it. Or the character goes really well. So I'm going to let this one play out because I did quite like this. as a, yeah, that's, that's who she is right now. Rhea Ripley is under threat. The title is under threat. And it hasn't been all year. Like, they've built Rhea Ripley up as this just this dominating figure. And suddenly, 
Nia Jax has kind of instantly put herself in the conversation as somebody that could take the belt off. I think it's kind of inspired you. Know? Yeah, uh, that's it. You've but got the person who's dangerous, who, if nothing else, there could be a no contest here. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's stupid and reckless, but, you know, there's drama. Mm. They're, this is it. They're kind of like tempting fate, because let's say she's hopefully injured nobody, but they're asking her to go out there. Make it look like you're really hurt. Yeah, yeah. In wrestling, that tends to end in somebody getting injured. Yeah. But, you know. Uh, Chad Gable po- approaches Postman Pierce in the back. He wants uh, a rematch against Gunther for the IC title. And Pierce says, well, to be fair, Gunther won. You have to work your way back up to the top. Bronson Reed shows up and says, back of the line. Gable tells him to shoosh uh, and says, I've made a name suplexing people like you. And uh, Bronson Reed says, let's have a better knuckle fight. And Postman Pierce says, yeah, right. Go, on out. Go out there and have one. Uh, then Jey Uso's um, getting interviewed in the back. He wants to talk about his history with Drew McIntyre, but he's interrupted by Damian Priest, who says, can I have a moment with him? He says, the rest of the Judgment Day want Jimmy Uso, but I want you to join. We're a family. Jay says, you know, kind of had enough of family, if I'm perfectly honest. And Priest is like, no, no, no. Bloodline are relatives, but Judgment Day could be the family you've been looking for your whole life. Um, I don't want you to make me look bad to the rest of the Judgment Day, but give me an answer by the end of the night. Good stuff. Yeah, like, again, like show long stories, and it sort of pays for at the end. Uh, and then it was time for Chad Gable versus Bronson Reed. Uh, Reed dominates, because look at the bloody size of him for the most part, but Gable does his brilliant fighting from underneath, as he's been doing for weeks, if not months now. Um, hits a diving headbutt. Uh, at one point, Bronson Reed goes for a senton. Gable gets his knees up, but understandably, this also hurts Chad Gable's knees with Bronson Reed landing on him. As a result of that, he's selling an E. Can't suplex Bronson Reed. Reed fights back, drops him. Tsunami, one, two, three. Didn't see this one coming. Loved it. Uh, again, Good second twist. Yeah, second thing I'm going to let it play out for the time being. At least I've seen a bit of panic today that this is the second week in a row where like raw plans were changed late on, and people obviously associate that with Vince. It's both of them. You know, like for all that, like I'll defend this era of WWE. It's ultimately Triple H that goes, yes, Dad, okay, I'll do what you want. So, you, you know, there's always that yeah. risk. And I understand people's panic when they see a result like this without maybe watching. I think right now you can let it play out, at least right now. Chad Gable loses this war against Gunther, and he's come as close as anybody has. And you kind of led to believe that on another day he might have got it done. He, I thought his subtle selling of that was as good as the laid on thick stuff here, which is that he's injured and he can't suplex uh, Bronson Reed, but also he was he's selling that he's like mentally not quite there. Like Chad Gable's a really sympathetic figure for a guy that goes out there and either plays clown or kicks your ass. Like he's quite, he's kind of good at everything, Chad Gable, and that includes sympathy right now. He's looking and acting a bit like a beaten man who does need to find his way back. He is the guy to beat Gunther. Need a training montage with all these. Maxi They must do this. Yeah. They must do because this. Because that match is definitely, you feel like that's there, yeah. but it was pretty good that on this same show they kind of established somebody else as going to challenge her that's going to make Gable feel even more back of the line than he already does. I really want to believe this is going to play out because it feels like that's what they're telling us to invest in. And, you know, I don't know when they're doing this big Australian show that they're talking about, but understandably they're trying to re-establish Bronson Reed. And if they do have Chad Gable beat Gunther down the line, even if he gets a win back over Bronson Reed, good first challenge. It's like, oh, bollocks. You think you can get past Gunther, but look at the size of Bronson Reed, and he's already beaten you in like eight minutes before. Maybe it's naivety on my part, but I'm too willing to let this play out. If it was just a random match and Bronson Reed just beat him, you'd think, oh... Not good. But two things. One, they've already told you that Gable still wants the title. They And they told Gable that in order to tell the audience that. Two, it's not as if, like, Vince 
with his tastes, with his drinks, is going, I don't like that Chad Gable, but I like that Tommaso Ciampa. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's just not how that, would, uh, yes. that's not how that yeah. would, nightmare scenario would unfold. Yeah, Tommaso Ciampa, yeah, immediately after match is Match is good. It's all, it always is with Gable. Um, got a, more of a reaction than most Bronson Reed matches, but what is the, what's the thing it has in common? With a loud match. Oh, Chad Gable's in it. Mm-hmm. Chad Gable's a genius at this. The Gable Gunther thing about wanting to talk shot and not getting one. It's a shame that WWE will never be consistent across the board here because this just goes back to the old, the endless conversation about the rankings and the wins and losses mattering. Mm. Like, this is a story. Chad Gable has lost and it's furthered his development as a character. It's why this should all, this should be consistent across the piece all the time. Should just attack Gunther. What? Should just attack Gunther. I know. <laughs> okay, that's, that's, how, that's, happens. that's how it works. Uh, Tommy Chompers cutting a, back, cutting a backstage promo he came to Raw thinking he should play the long game be patient he's normally going to get called but he's waited long enough and he's going to kick uh, more of Imperium's ass because Gunther's got what he wanted Jay uh, then approaches Kevin Owens in the back um, Owens is just not, not having, having any of this he's just saying it's a matter of time before you join the judgement day basically but Zane tries to calm him down Owens says I don't care uh, I don't trust you either way whether you're enjoying the judgement day or not uh, we haven't got a match, so I'm going. <laughs> See you in the car, Sammy. And Sammy says, look, you've got a big decision to make tonight. Good luck. Uh, like a useful detail for why they weren't there later on in the show. I, Again, it's probably going to sound like I'm just putting them over for the basics, but these segments should exist. You don't want to be asking questions afterwards of, well, why didn't Kevin and Sammy just come out and save him? So you've got to put these things yeah. in to kind of show that. Uh, NXT Women's Champion Becky Lynch. I feel bad. You're desperate to put this over with <laughs> loads of enthusiasm. <laughs> Go on. I th- no, I just think these genuinely like I do these segments like. weren't wasted airtime. Yeah. Like the judgment, that was what I was trying to like get across. Really, there's levels to the like what you're supposed to think of Kevin Owens trusting Jey Uso. Like he doesn't care about the Judgment Day thing because, like us, he doesn't really believe that Jey Uso is going to join. It's a bigger thing that he's got issues with. Mm-hmm. Not the he's not going to hang out with the Goths. There's there's a bigger problem with Jey Uso, and it's not the Judgment Day. Yeah. And Kevin Owens is smart enough to to see that. I think. Uh, so, yeah, NXT Women's Champion uh, Becky Lynch comes out. She's got that open challenge tonight. She says she didn't have it on her bingo card. She'd win this title this year, but uh, she's learned to take opportunities when she can. She didn't go after it for the sake of winning it or calling herself a Grand Slam champion, although that was pretty nice. She wanted to defend the title, elevate it to new, heart, uh, new heights. NXT represented the future, hope, hunger, passion, and progress. Uh, she wanted to test herself against the best uh, the future has to offer, which is why she's going to be at NXT tomorrow. But tonight, she's in Utah, and it's time for somebody new to accept her open challenge. And I'm sat there thinking, oh, God, who could it be? Could it be Cora Jade being introduced to uh, uh, the mainstream audience? Is it Roxanne Perez getting another shot after a brilliant appearance at the Royal Rumble? Is it someone like JC Jane? It's Natalia. No! No, I should. I I feel bad about this because Natalia. This is clearly she had that one good match in nine years. <laughs> yeah, she had that one good match, and she <laughs> she got um, great praise from people backstage because she worked double duty in India. Because Becky Lynch had a terror. That's what I want. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Someone I'm with get him. praise at work for doing double duty on a show I couldn't watch. T- totally. This is the like this thing about there's a lot of matches in wrestling that seem to happen sometimes that are for the wrestlers rather than for the fans, and it pisses me off. Like. It's just a nice story. Can it not just be a nice story without being wrestling TV? Yeah. Like, yeah. Tony, boys. Khan, Tony Khan's very guilty of that. What, like stuff? Just in general. Like, hair oh, rufflers the, for that'd the, be nice to the wrestlers. Yeah. Nice when it works, like, and they attempted to make this make sense, but it's yeah. it a pretty mid-match. Yeah. yeah. Now, nobody had worked her, their ass off as much as she had. She took Ripley to a limit. Uh, she's been patiently waiting for a chance for a whole four weeks. Um, 
And Lynch says, look, I respect you, but I kind of wanted to play someone new, if I'm honest. Uh, and Natalia said, well, yeah, you went to NXT and stepped over everyone there, so give me a shot. And you're a hypocritical ginger witch. Shoves her. So Becky Lynch accepts. You're a witch, bitch. <laughs> witch, bitch, Natalia. <laughs> Which one is a witch, bitch? In this context? Uh, uh, Becky. Becky Lynch. Oh, yeah. Uh, posted Lynch early on, did Natalia go to a break, come back, back and forth. Uh, they trade cradles, and Lynch won the schoolboy, and Natalia looks sad. <sighs> Fine. Like, is, yeah. it, is this character development for Natalia or not? Because weren't we doing this in the Rhea Ripley feud, and then it was just dropped cold? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's remember every three every, months, Natalia's sad. Every now and then, Natalia doesn't go to credit, and it's all a bit, <laughs> you know, I, I don't care. Like, I'm not being funny. Nah. It wound me up to high heaven. When she had the first notable that was really good match in what like since 2014 against Charlotte, only this company gets away with having this many resources, this much money behind it. At one point, they could have signed Kenny Omega in 2016 if they said, "Here, have one million. You're clearly going to be amazing. Here's one million dollars. Sign anyone, do anything, tell any story." In the standards. People have <laughs> this company being so low and then something being good for once after so many years of mediocrity. Like, what? You have better standards. I was, you know, I was also thinking here, I was thinking, was a bit. not just the, uh, not just about the, you know, Jade oh, I mean, I've done, I've done like two, I've done like more two and a three quarter matches on a house show than anyone. <laughs> that couldn't mean less to me. I don't go to them. And they're still not even that good. You just racked them up. You don't win the league with a season of nil-nil draws where you're giving credit for keeping clean. Yes. You finish mid-table. Yes, thank you. I love that argument. Where you belong. (laughs) What's his name from TalkSport? It was like, uh, Arsenal going undefeated in a season is not that impressive. You could just draw all 38 games before (laughs) you get relegated. (laughs) I was like, what a weird strategy that would be. Right, lads, don't concede. And don't try and score either. That would be 38 points. Statistically, you would be relegated. Yes. I was like... It's not that good. And, they, <laughs> and then it was the when New Zealand were in the World Cup and they didn't lose any group games but got relegated, uh, got um, eliminated, obviously, because they didn't get enough points. He was like, was that impressive? Because they went undefeated at a World Cup. I was like, well, that's three games, not 38 that Arsenal played. But what's his name? That arsehole from TalkSport. I'll have a look at does it. Does that... Well, which one? I was going to say, that, that doesn't yeah. narrow it down, really, and does bon it? Lahore? No, it's Adrian Durham. That's the one. Um... Remember the history of Natalia being upset with her status never goes well. Do you remember the one where she came out like she? I think she fought Becky the night before. Somebody at SummerSlam. It was Becky, yeah. She'd lost, and she had her Imagine arm doing like, that at SummerSlam. Had her arm in a cast, and it was all to set up Sasha Banks' heel turn, which was goaded stuff. Sorry, that was on the wrong page. Yeah. Wait, still, I'm still there. Oh my god. <laughs> Like, she, oh, like, oh, son, I see her. Off comes the wig. She batters her. Just enormous pop. Continues to batter her. Hits her with a chair. Pop after pop after pop. There's Natalia been in art. Like, you're supposed to be, Sasha's turned heel. This is terrible. It's like, no, we're just really pleased to see the star. It doesn't matter who she's beating it's up. It's like, we were talking about this on the SmackDown review because uh, um, Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins, Bobby Lashley, beat the crap out of the LWO and, and uh, Ray Mysterio because they had to do that. Because when they beat up the Good Brothers, people went, cool, great. Yeah. Fine. They were coming out last week slapping five and it's the baby faces then. Uh, and then on SmackDown, no, they're definitely the bad guys. Santos Escobar asking for a title shot like he was asking for Rey Mysterio's daughter's hand in marriage. God. So funny. I love that story. It's that. for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but the reason, other reason I got annoyed, not just because of the names you mentioned there, and I was like, I was thinking, like, for God's sake, why, out of anyone in NXT, why isn't Thea Hale grabbing this opportunity? And then I remembered, 
She's going shopping. Yes. We've got that to preview later. I'm so excited. We've got a new game. And listen to it later. Oh. <laughs> uh, where are we? Oh, yeah. Dirty Dom. Pissed off um, with Postman Pierce, not just with losing to Cody Rhodes because he didn't have Mammy out there, but also he's got to face Dragon Lee. Um, and he says to Dragon Lee, who's in there as well, I don't like people with masks because they remind me of my deadbeat dad. And Dragon Lee says, I'll, <laughs> I'll beat you next week for the title. Good. Good stuff. Fun little match from uh, Champa and Giovanni Vinci next. Um, Vinci's in control. Champa came back with a Thez press and a reverse DDT. Kaiser is out there, tries a distraction, doesn't work. I can only look at his face Who's during that? this match. Kaiser's face. Yeah. Beautiful sculpture of it <laughs> and the expression. Yeah. The match was secondary to his wonderful Disgusted face. Disgusted as well when Vinci lost, wasn't he? Like, yeah, I, I love Kaiser's face, man. What a piece. Um, Vinci- <laughs> I did like it a few weeks ago when they were doing like. Sexy Kaiser. Yeah. Like, trying it on. <laughs> Who's he? He's uh, uh, Maxine Dupree. Yeah. yeah. Trying to win her over, isn't he? Uh, Vinci tried a springboard move and Champa just nailed him with a knee strike and locked on the Sicilian stretch for the submission victory. Um was it was the Gargano escape. Yes. Well, wasn't it? But like they're not they're not mentioning that as mm-hmm. on like obviously on purpose because I don't think WWE know if like they What's want, going on there? Yeah, like I don't know if they want to bring it back, but Champa's trying to work it into existence. Worked a house show and lost to Omos, I think, recently. Yeah. He's back, but not back. Remember um, Nikki Cross and Candice LeRae? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, I still go with them. I, <laughs> match was fine. Champa getting the winning ways. He's going to have the gun to match. He's going to lose. But again, like him and Walt had an unbelievable match once upon a time, so I think him and Gunther could be good. I feel a bit stressed every time, and it is quite a lot. They tease the Imperium breakup. I, yeah. I get it. It's your favorite thing. Have tension within stables because one's been phenomenally successful, and the Judgment Day one's not bad either. Not these guys. No. Like, lay back on that because not every group has to hate each other. They do in the end. I get that, but not right now. Imperium should be solid as a rock. I think Gunther's just brought the record. Things are great in Imperium. I want Gable to run the gauntlet before he beats Gunther. Class. Yeah. yeah. Um. Right, we go to the back with uh, Byron Saxton. I forgot to do this earlier. Uh, there's Seth Rollins. Sheer conviction every time. Yeah. He's limping around in the back wearing his preposterous sunglasses. Uh, and this is, this, is what the, this is the thing about this, these, you know, the three wrestling journalists we have on this podcast, right? Not our words, the words of analysts. We are consistent <laughs> in our <laughs> takes. <laughs> Yesterday on the Collision Review, which if you haven't, go and check it out, Michael Sidgwick complained quite rightly about people, about the fact that people pretending to be hard. The righteous. People pretending to be hard is one thing. People pretending to be crazy is the cringiest thing in wrestling. It's the most cringeworthy thing in wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> the righteous... The eyes going crazy, the tongue lolling out, the maniacal laughter. Yeah. So the righteous... Has anyone earnestly done maniacal laughter when they're not... In, like, in normal good things, good entertainment, not like rubbish wrestling. I, I mean, maniacal I'm... laughter that hasn't been used in my... Actual lifetime as a human, and I'm 38 years old on Friday <laughs> when they're not doing like a bit of a bit of a bit of a bit, like a parody. Does um, Cooper and Laura Palmer count when they're kind of laughing and screaming at each other? Then that's Diver, that's 1992. I'm giving you an example of something that was and good. David Lynch was fantastic. Yeah, that was amazing. And Laura Palmer, Cheryl Lee is fantastic at it. Bob can do it. 
I don't know about I don't know if you count this as maniacal. The the when he's got the laugh in Joker that he can't control. I I really like that as part of his character. But it, yeah. it's all they're all da Joker baby. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. So anyway, Wright just did it on on Collision, surrounding the Hardys and targeting MJF and Adam Cole. Anyway, he, Seth Rollins is tired. He's in a lot of pain. He's sick of working with children. No, he's trying to keep it together. Um, he's tired of these games though, man, uh, and he's willing anything to do. Uh, do anything to get Nakamura in the ring. Maybe, maybe I'm just going to let go of the wheel. <laughs> the Nakamura boss in your court. <laughs> he's trying to keep it together, but man, he's he's lost his mind. And he throws his glasses aside. Uh, he's, he's pathetic. He looks into the camera and says, Nakamura, name the, the time, the place, the stipulation. Uh, you know, <laughs> well, I forgot where I am. Oh, yeah. Our oh, destinies, man. They're intertwined, man. Will you be the one to define your legacy? <laughs> Will it be me? Yeah. I could not have hated this more. Me too. There is nothing more cringeworthy than someone trying to act crazy if you don't have that ability to do it or you don't have that quality to do it. Seth Rollins doing this, like, uh, it was too early for me to have an existential crisis <laughs> about the life I have chosen for myself. And it's a great life most of the time. Maybe I should be a bit more, you know, hey, glass half full. Got to do this. These boys. I have to watch that. I think I'd rather just, you know, do is, out else. I think the fine thing that I find, and I'm with you on this, sometimes you think, you know, glass half full, glass half empty, and you like, look at the glass, and you're like, it's half full, and you wait a second, it's, it's glass a bit. <laughs> I, j- I think I hate the phrase mind games, let alone Seth Rollins' performance of it. Like, mind games. It's the first years that I remember in WWE. When 1996. It was, 1996. <laughs> name, of, name of a pay-per-view. And Mankind was such a terrifying new threat as a heel. He could do it. Sean Foley Mike, could do it. There you go. Shawn Michaels, the white meat baby face, suddenly like, had to get down in the muck. And he'd not had to do it since becoming WWE champion because Mankind was a threat of a different kind. He wasn't bigger or stronger than Shawn Michaels, but he was just dangerous and unpredictable. That's mind games because you're playing with Shawn Michaels' typical strategy for how to win as the best wrestler in the world in kayfabe, right? And pretty much in reality at the time. That's mind games. Smashing the f*** out of your back for six weeks in a row <laughs> is not mind games. It's no. targeting a body part. It's physical games. Yeah. <laughs> it's physical it's wrestling. Mick Foley. He's playing wrestling with me. Mick Foley, Eddie Kingston, Terry Funk. Sabu. Savage. Randy Savage. Let's like we're making a walk culture list in real time. Who can pull it off? Like, uh, you might go like you might flip a switch here, mm. and something dangerous could happen. Who's got that ability in professional wrestling history? Kota Ibushi, JC Jane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to to take from other sports, uh, Muhammad Ali at one point knew that Sonny Liston was one of the best boxers in the world. He played mind games with him so much so that Sonny Liston was like. I'm scared he's going to bite me when we get into this legitimate boxing match. That's mind games, not just, <laughs> who's going to define your legacy? I'll piss off. Seth Rollins is the Tyrus of Jokers. <laughs> Tweet that. Imagine just like Arsene Wenger or something where like, you know, Arsenal are about to lose another league to Man United. I'm not going to let Alex Ferguson define my legacy. <laughs> <laughs> just, he wouldn't talk like that, would he? <laughs> I'm talking about facts. <laughs> that's that's Seth Rollins. Yeah. Rafa Benitez is Seth Rollins. Sorry, man. Does the Keegan one work? Like, that was a bit of a mind games deal, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, Seth Rollins is still fighting for this title. That's a bit. <laughs> but even then, he wouldn't have acknowledged it as like, the thing with Ferguson, he's got into my bloody head. He's not going to say yeah, that, yeah. is he? 
Right, main event time, appropriately with uh, main event Jey Uso versus Drew McIntyre in his white gear. Oh so let's go to someone who knows a lot about white gear. I'm talking about Michael Hamlet. <laughs> my favourite WWE gear of the year. Um, from what is still my favourite WWE match of the year, Drew McIntyre. But really well positioned here. We've seen Drew McIntyre very gradually turn and heel. It was through the Riddle thing. I think this is better. I'm not so fussed about Maybe they bring Riddle back to television for this, but I'm not as fussed as I would have been because mm. this was a better use of Drew turning heel. The Jay, like He tweeted yesterday, did you see this? It was so funny. The video, yeah. He tweeted the video of the Usos beating the tar out of him before Clash at the Castle, and I'd forgot how brutal that was <laughs> to weaken him because they weren't going to travel to Wales. So Rob was like, right, we have to, we have to, when it's just like all of us, we have to kill him. And I'd forgotten just how brutal that attack was. So you see that, and then obviously you get Drew coming out. I'm the good guy. I'm in my angelic white. He's a, come on, locker room. He's the bad guy. And obviously not wanting to listen to reason from Cody. Ahead of what was a pretty great match, I was like, I'm into Drew again. You've bloody done it. You haven't, not since you were counting to four, was I that interested in you? <laughs> So McIntyre, look at the size of him, uses his strength to take over early on. Uh, Jay comes back with suicide dives, uh, and here come the judgment day ahead of the break. And I was like, what are you doing here? Uh, when we come back from the break, McIntyre hits a huge superplex on Jay, whilst I noticed uh, our good friend Wade Barrett referencing, A, he hit him with something, and Wade Barrett just went, Bullhammer-esque. <laughs> which I quite, which I quite liked. And he called uh, Drew McIntyre. Huge uh, boss, boss baby two vibes off this. <laughs> he also called Drew McIntyre a one-man band, which I quite like too. Would uh, you say that he's lowering the boom? <laughs> you would, Wade, every week. Every week. <laughs> and little else. Uh, Glasgow kiss from McIntyre. Jay comes back there with a quick Samoan drop for a two count. Tries for another suicide dive. Gets cut off. McIntyre sets up the Claymore kick, but Dom distracts the ref and Priest grabs McIntyre's foot. That allows Jay to hit the super kick. And Jay sort of collapses in the corner. And, you know, it's very sort of stereotypical thing, this. But like you say, I'm so invested in this Jay Uso character. When they're all creeping up the side of the ring and whispering Jay's ear, I was like, get away from him. Leave <laughs> him alone, right? They're like, yeah, go on, Jay, do it, yeah. And Jay, like, and they're like, yeah, you're, you want to be in the judgment day. And he, Jay, of course, fist bumps Damien Priest, then super kicks him, super kicks Balor, super kicks Dom, knocks them all off the apron. Crowd love this, but of course he turns around into a huge claymore kick from Drew McIntyre. One, two, three. That's not it, though, because... Drew McIntyre leaves, celebrate, well, celebrates, leaves, and Judgment Day uses this opportunity to get in there and just put the boots to Jey Uso. McIntyre turns around and looks, and he sort of goes, eh, I don't want to save him, because it's Jey Uso. Like you say, remember what he did to me. And he walks, starts walking out, and the crowd start booing, and then he stops at the top of the, the, the stage, and it looks like maybe he is going to go back and make the save, but before that can happen... Cody Rhodes' music hits. He runs out, makes the save, dumps Priest out of the ring. Jay Super kicks Balor and Dom. Dom gets hit with a crossroads and has to be pulled out of the ring by Damian Priest. Uh, and Cody Rhodes helps Jay to his feet and they stand tall to close out this show. Loved the angle advancement here. This was the subplot. Jay in the Judgment Day was always just a subplot, really. And I like that they've given you it. They've paid it off. You weren't asked for six months to wonder if he's going to pick the Judgment mm. Day because you were never really going to buy into that. Uh, again, great character development for Drew. And not unearned based on this last few months. He came back for his big match and he lost it. So you've kind of seen this downward spiral that he's trying to pretend isn't happening. And is there any more favourable uh, a period for Jey Uso to try to be getting over as a singles baby face than when his brother's doing such a terrible job as a comparison on SmackDown? <laughs> it's a bit like when Edge and Christian have those separate runs and you can't help but go, who better? 
And like typically it's Christian. Like they say that on Twitter. <laughs> but they're having these separate runs. Why do you have to compare them? You know, you kind of can't not. They're both being given a go as top single stars on the respective shows. And Jey Uso gets these tremendous reactions in mm. these fairly heated babyface matches. And Jimmy Uso's forgotten how to wrestle. <laughs> like that's the, the moment just there. It's pretty stark how well one character is working versus the yeah. other. Um, but yeah, like this is what I want from Jey Uso being on Raw. A bunch of characters that are impacted by it. A bunch of uh, brand new Judgment Day six-man main events for the next six weeks of Raw. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like I thought the Drew stuff was tremendous. And Cody coming out to make the save and back up his words from the start of the night. Like He's not just talking the talk, he's walking it. And it's, it's, he remains a baby face that has defeated the terrible decision not to put the belt on him, not justify it. That's yeah, what I think when I said it. Um, Sige, we talked yesterday about a potential <laughs> Drew McIntyre heel turn in this match. This wasn't it, but I thought it, it played with it really well. Yeah, this was fine. I'm not... <laughs> I can't really care about Jay Uso being on Raw. I love that. I love it for Hamlet, but, like, everyone goes on the shows, like, at the different shows all of the time. <laughs> it's fundamentally, like, you're trying to do some, like, trying to build foundations on quicksand. To use mm. a rotten cliche, I apologize. So I can't really invest in it on that basis. Um, but Jay's very much, the, oh, it's not Jimmy. Jay <laughs> looks so much better compared to Jimmy. And Drew, he's a great uh, live event worker. I don't really feel interested in his character arcs on television, but my God, when he's cooking, I thought he was really cooking an explosive worker. So I don't mind him being back in the mix. Mm. Well, happy for uh, happy for my friend, my very good friend. He's going to feel fresh, I think, as a heel. That's well, what I'm sensing that, from him at the moment. That moment when he rose up behind Taker. No, oh, well, everything about that match was good. <laughs> I had no right. Talk about things I had no right. Yeah, I had no right. I was watching that last week because, of course, I was. And <laughs> I, f- like, I forget sometimes that Elias is booked to do a run-in and, like, had... deck the Undertaker oh, Roman yeah. for a bit. He had the most pathetic, aspiring MMA guy in one match. <laughs> And Shane McMahon. <laughs> and yet it, it was that good. Oh, yeah! Oh, yeah! Oh, yeah! The, the Drew bit, like when he does rise up, like and you think, oh, no, Old Man Undertaker's in real trouble. And then Roman Reigns just spears him out of the sky oh. mid-Claymore. Like, and then Roman doing the, like, we love the, you know, the Jeff Jarrett celebration. Like, Ro- Undertaker is the tombstone, and the, there's a picture of Undertaker getting the win, and Roman just in the background doing the double fist. So book. good. You see, he's celebrating. Was this class? <laughs> it, it was Roman. <laughs> I don't know where it's come from, but it was. I'll tell you what else will make you go, oh, yeah! NXT preview coming your way later on today. Oh, yeah! Join us for that. Uh, oh, yeah! And let us know your thoughts on Raw, on Twitter, uh, at WhatCulture, sorry, on X, at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, watch there, you can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at... Michael Hamflet. Follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, as I said. Uh, and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, the NXT preview, coming your way later on today. And if you haven't done so already, make sure you leave us a five-star review on either Apple Podcasts or leave it on Spotify. Screenshot it. We need the proof. And email it to me, adam.wilborn at WhatCulture.com, just like Brian from New Jersey. Thanks once again for your review, Brian. Thanks. But for now, this has been the Raw Review. My thanks as a part of the Dadly Boys... See you soon. (laughs) Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.